At the Life is Great community, we are making everybody's lives much, much better. And now that we've discussed a little bit about finding your soulmate, let's talk about what comes after I do. Dum, 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 dum. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rabbi Yitzwine, the rabbi of Young Israel, Aish of Las Vegas, and your host here on the Life is Great podcast. So I want to just preface this by saying, what comes after I do? Eh, any, if you're getting married or you are married, you probably are interested in making sure that you have a successful marriage. But marriage is just a prototype relationship. And the principles that make a successful marriage are the same principles that make a successful friendship, a successful employee-employer relationship. They are the same principles that make a successful parenting relationship. They're, they're principles, and then you just apply them in the specific place. That's the first point that you've got to get, uh, that we have to recognize. The next thing is, we always ask the question, why is why do we live in a world that we need to have relationships? You know, originally Adam was created in the Garden of Eden alone. Then God said, lo tov lovado. It's not good to, for man to be alone. And then he created Eve and then a family. And so we have discussed a little bit about what's so not good to be alone. But the essence of every relationship we have with, an, with other human beings is to teach us how to have a relationship with God. And it's very clear that when we speak about our relationship, uh, we speak about God, we often talk about him as our father in heaven. That's a parental relationship. When we speak in terms of a marriage relationship, so that's two people becoming one. And that's because really a person who loves God is described as someone who's always searching after an intimacy with the almighty, where we're always thinking about God. As a matter of fact, in the commandment to love God, the example that's given is, is pretty much a man who's totally infatuated with a woman, who uh, thinks about the woman when he stands up, when he sits down, when he goes to work, when he's, uh, when he's uh, laying in bed. He's always, when he's eating, sleep, eating, drinking, he's always thinking about this woman, which really sounds more like infatuation than love, but he's totally obsessed. And the idea is that if we would love God, we would be totally obsessed with God and thinking about the Almighty all the time. Very often I'll meet a person and I'll say, hey, are you thinking about God? And they'll look at me and they'll say, if they're Israeli, they'll go all the time. <laughs> and I go, no, seriously, you think about God? Then they will go, well, now that you ask the question, I am. <laughs> That's the reason I asked the question. Because even about the people that are most important in our lives, we think about them sometimes. We don't often, think, we don't think about them all the time because most of us are not walking around in a state of pure infatuation. But if someone is important, we think about them often enough that they classify as someone who's very important in our lives. And someone that is pretty much irrelevant in our lives, then we think about them only when we receive a text, when they do a phone, when they send a phone call, when I need something from them, when they need something from me, and they reach out, you know, because they play a much lesser role. So marriage is the prototype relationship to help us connect with God on an intimate level, on a pretty much consistent level. That is, that is the purpose, of, that's the primary purpose of the marriage relationship. So what happens after I do? That's the question. Well, we need to understand just a couple things, and then you'll, have, you'll know how to have a successful marriage, and you'll also know how to have a successful any kind of relationship that 
is important to you and, and you wish to have an intensity involved in the relationship, friendship, employer relationship, parent, parental relationship, any, any, any relationship. Okay. So, um, I'd like to share with you a incident I had before I got married. So this is going all the way back to 1990. Oh my gosh, I'm so old. Can you believe it? So old. Anyway, so when I, before I got married, so what I wanted to do is I wanted to, I was asking everybody for advice, for marriage advice. I'm reading all the Jewish marriage books and some non-Jewish books too. And I encountered upon an individual who, um, he was pretty old at the time. Uh, and he was the basic founder of the marriage and family ther uh, therapist industry in Israel. And I asked him, what, um, uh, how, what percentage of marriages are successful? What do you think he said? Hmm. Is a big number, a little number. Of all the marriages that he has been encountered, which was thousands, what percentage are successful? So he said, I think it was 10%. How did he figure it out? Because he said, well, you know, listen, around half the marriages get divorced, right? So, and he drew a line basically. And so you, you visualize this, a line going from your right, your left hand to your right hand. Okay, straight line. So between 45 and 50% of marriages actually end in divorce. They don't, they just they don't come out alive. Okay, so we're not gonna consider those. So you draw a line there. Then there's another big chunk of people they would get divorced, but they can't afford to get divorced. Maybe they cannot afford it uh, financially, or maybe they cannot afford it for the kids. They think they'll destroy their children. Or maybe they have a career that is such that it's just kind of better off. You know, think of President Clinton, right? You know, it's like it better, you know, we're going to live separate lives and we'll just, you know, but it's just going to be, I'll stay in my work position as long as, you know, as long as I don't get married. And we'll just do whatever we do. But that's not a that's we won't consider that a successful marriage. Okay. So now you have another another little bit left. So what's going on in that little bit? So yeah, you basically have three stages. You have in every relationship, you have people you have good and bad. Okay. So the people who get divorced, the people who want to get divorced, that is there's way more bad than good. Okay. But then you have where there's bad, but there's also good. Like there, there is good and, and the good is good. You like the good, uh, but there's a lot of bad too. It's not enough bad to get divorced. Like when you stop and say, you say, no, there's, there's enough good here that I'm going to stick around, but it is far from the ideal relationship that you want. You know, very, sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down, sometimes you're hot, sometimes you're cold. Okay. Then you have another section, smaller, that is going to be, it's a lot of good and a little bad. And that already you're venturing into that 10%. You're, you're getting into that 10%. Maybe you're at the 15% mode, okay? <laughs> you're in the 15, the 20, the 15% mode where you're saying, no, there's a lot of good. And I, you know, and, and, you know, and, and compared to most people I know, I'm a very fortunate person. And then you have that 10% where you say, you know, it's, it's all good. And there's just a little bit of bad, teeny, teeny bit of bad, just to spice things up once in a while. Cause every relationship is, you're going to have some issues, but. But pretty much it's pretty good. It's like, it's, it's really good. All right. So now when the guy tells that to me and I'm engaged at the time, I say, is this supposed to inspire me to be married, <laughs> to get married? <laughs> because if this is how it goes, I mean, imagine like, would you, would you do anything? You take a job and the, and the employer says, 
Well, you know, you got a 10% shot of being successful. This, you know, you have a 10% shot at not getting fired. <laughs> like who's, who's doing this, right? So, you know, in a, an average NFL football game, there are around 63, 65 plays per game, right? That's, that's all there is, right? Most of the time, the clock is just ticking away, right? But maybe live action, you got about 18-ish minutes of live action. And in those 18 minutes, you got, you know, 65 plays. Okay. So um, I think the message of this is when you speak with an athlete, when they sit down, they leave the huddle, they go to the line of scrimmage, they go down, ready, set. Every player knows his assignment and every player is going to do their absolute best to execute that assignment on that play. That's only going to take a few seconds, right? They take it, they get beat up, right? Then they pick themselves off the ground. They go back to the huddle. The next play is called. Then they go back to the line of scrimmage. Okay. It's, they have to do that because imagine if a guy said, if he walked up to the line of scrimmage and said, yeah, you know, I know I'm on the field, but I'm going to sit this one out. Um, depending on which player that is, <laughs> right? And depending on how quickly the, 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 the other team picks up on which player is just kind of standing there, um, that team's losing. That's the team that's going to lose. I would tell you it's not that it's impossible to be part of the 10%. As a matter of fact, I would say that most of the marriages that start off, all, not all of them, but all, almost all of them can be in that 10%, in the 10% of successful marriages. The problem is that people don't show up to the, the game. Some people don't show up to the game completely. Those are the ones that get divorced and divorced pretty quickly. Some people, they show up to the game, but sometimes they take a time off. They take a, they take a playoff here and a playoff there. And those are the people that kind of like, uh, it's just not working but it's not horrible. Okay. And the people that show up every play and push into it, those are the people that end up in the 10%. And that's what it is. The most important thing to do after I do is show up to the game and show up every play. So what does that look like? You know, like, what does that look like? So I will very often, I'll tell a person, and I speak to guys, is I'll say, listen, you're coming home from work, right? Your wife's going to be at the house. She's going to have family, right? First thing you do is keep an apple in the car. You don't, don't walk into the house when you're hungry, <laughs> right? I have a little snack because a guy who's hungry is probably a guy who's not behaving best in his best. Okay. So, so first of all, make, and, and I've told guys, you know what, on the way home from work, pull over on the side of the road lay the seat down, take a 10 minute nap, take a, take a, take a, get a power nap in before you arrive at the house. Okay. Keep an apple in the car, right? A granola bar, something. Okay. Then when you walk in the door, make, before you walk in the door, you have to visualize, okay, listen, I'm going to see the most important people in my life and I'm going to put a smile on my face and I am here to help. And I always tell you guys, the first 10 minutes belongs to your wife whatever she wants. She wants to talk, you talk. She wants you to change the baby's diaper, change the baby's diaper. Whatever it is, what is she? What, you're there just for her. You don't take a phone call. No distraction. 100% in. The guys who do this, by the way, 
all record, uh, all report the exact same thing. You know what? 10 minutes goes great. Sometimes she needs another five minutes and sometimes another 10 minutes later on, but things are good. The people that don't do this, the wives need hours and hours and hours. This, it, it, if you don't want to do this because you love your wife and your family and you love yourself, right? You know, so then just do it because it's a mathematical uh, computation. It, 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 it is math. If you give all of yourself in for a little bit of time, then the needs are taken care of. But if you give a little bit of yourself, you have to give a lot more time. It gets spread out and it's exhausting. And then you, you eventually you come home and you don't want to play the game. You're not ready. You're not lining up to the line of scrimmage in the proper way. You're not bending down, getting an athletic stance, whatever it is. Okay. You're not, you're not going to do that. So make sure that you play the game. And for the wives, it really is the same thing. It's just different things are going to be different. It might mean you're going to see your husband. You know what? Pull over on the side of the road, put on your makeup. That's right. Get yourself together. You're, you're, you're going to go see your husband. Make sure you look as good as you could look at that particular time. Because he'll feel loved, he'll feel valued if you do that. It, it's <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, it, it, but it's also you know, there's there's just like thinking about the other person and say, like, okay, I'm gonna have to come in. I and I got I got to play the game. I know I'm there, and which which really leads to the the broader example of like what is it? What is a, a person who's in a relationship? What does that? And they're playing the game. They're showing up to the game. What do they look like? So recognize, and this is the third point today, is that recognize that the reason you get into a relationship is because the person is going to fulfill one of your needs. Like, you know, the girl is looking for a guy who is successful and handsome and uh, smart, you know, intellectually she can have a relationship with and who, who listens, okay? The, the guy is looking for someone who's pretty and knows how to cook. And, uh, you know, we'll give them children and, uh, you know, can hold a, a nice conversation and uh, likes to be adventurous and go hiking. Okay. Whatever. Everyone's got their own, uh, you know, things and, and some other qualities that I, I'm not saying. Okay. So then, right. So then what happens is, you know, what you're, you know what the other person is bringing to the table and that's why you're attracted to that other person. But the way you're going to keep the other person is by knowing why did they come to you? What do you, what do you bring to the table for them and make sure you fill their needs? You're attracted to a person because they address your needs. You keep the person because you address their needs. That's how it works. Okay. And when we, when we, when we approach in that way, so I walk in, I'm saying, okay, what can I do for the other person? And this is where there's a tremendous body of Judaism that talks about this idea of giving. And you'll hear this over and over and over again. We brought this to the world. You know, it used to be that in days of antiquity, you know, uh, a wife was property, all right? And she'd be literally bought and sold and traded and whatever it was, okay? But through the Torah, the Jewish people brought the idea of dignity to the relationship and value to the relationship. And so the the, the Talmud says straight out, when a, husband, when a man and woman get married, if the guy treats the woman like a maidservant, then she will rule over him. But if he treats her like a queen, then she will make him feel like a king. You know, it's it, it really is that, it, is it that simple? Pretty much that simple. So we talk about the idea of giving. The more a person is a giver, which is emulating the almighty, which is, that's how we connect with other people. 
The more we give to others, then the more of they will be open to having a closeness and a relationship. So you just need to know what can I give. You know, you know, you're, I, I know you're familiar with the idea of the, you know, the five love languages. So that's all that is. It's like it, the wisdom be, behind that is different people are receivers in different ways, and you need to speak the lang- literally the language of the of the person as the receiver, not your language as the giver. Their language is the receiver. That's really what it is. That's what it's all about. Straight from Torah, straight from Torah, where there's so many different uh, sources, you know, Jewish sources that that support that whole theory. So the the idea that that I'd like you to take away is when you give, giving leads to love, and that's why the one of the words to give in Torah is have. When when Rachel says to Jacob she wants children, she says havli bunny. Every every Hebrew word is it has a a, a root to the word a two or three letter uh, root. So um, hav is is hey the root of that is hey bays. And the word for love is ahava. It's, it actually has the same root. The more one gives to others, the more they will love the person. The reason parents love children more than children love the parents is because parents give a lot more to children than children love, than children give to parents. So the more you give to a person, the more you're going to love them. And that is that, that ultimately is going to be what, what does it mean to, to show up at, at the line of scrimmage. And if you do that, then you're going to be in that top 10%. So don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. It's, it's less about, it's less about odds <laughs> and it's much more about acquiring the wisdom and the motivation and the discipline to show up when you need to show up in order to give to the other person to create that wonderful connection. So, uh, of course we have our fabulous producer, Dana. Dana Rutherford here, and she uh, has a question from some of you, which you can submit your questions by emailing me at rabbiyitzwine at gmail.com. Thanks, Rabbi Wine. It was excellent. Hi, everyone. Okay, so one of our questions for today is, um, what is the single most important principle when it comes to marriage? Ah, so so I would say that it is showing up to play. Get it, go show up to the line of scrimmage, making, make sure that every day you remind yourself, this person is the most important person in my world. I'm the luckiest person in the world, luckiest guy, luckiest gal, because I have my wife, I have my husband in my life. And when I remember that, I, you know, you know, then I can say, what can I, then it's easy to say, what can I do to bring them pleasure today? So if you just say, what can I do? to bring my spouse pleasure today, then every day you'll end up doing something. Which by the way, dum, 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 dum. I said this to a guy once, such an insightful person. And he goes, you know, this is really against my nature. And I said, it's against everybody's nature. <laughs> See, most people, when you say that piece of advice, they'll say, oh, okay, that's really good. But this guy was honest enough to say, wow, this is totally against my nature. And I go, you're right, it is. It's against everybody's nature to do that. Even when we're giving, when you're in part of a new relationship, it's easier because it's the newness of the relationship and you're like excited about it. So you want to help and you want to, and you're kind of on your best behavior and you're giving and you want to make it go well. So you're excited, but you know, hang in there for 10 years of marriage. There's a reason why there's a seven year, seven year itch. You're with somebody for seven years, seven, 10 years. And like, you just get ho-hummed into the, standard behavior pattern, but ask yourself, remind yourself every day, 
I'm so lucky to be with this person. Remind yourself every day, this person is the most important person in my life. And then ask yourself, what can I do to bring them pleasure? Okay. Excellent. Thank you so much, Rabbi Wine. Okay, very good, Dana. So uh, stay with us and uh, we will have more gems coming up on in more often and the Life is Great podcast. Thanks for listening to the Life is Great podcast. Share this with your friends and they will love you for it. If you have questions or comments, please email me at rabbiyitzwine at gmail.com. That's R-A-B-B-I-Y-I-T-Z-W-Y-N-E at gmail. For more content, check out our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Thank you to Dana Rutherford for producing today's episode. And remember, if you decide to make it a great day, then your life will be great. Thank you for listening and being part of the Life is Great community. To keep these podcasts and other awesome programs available for free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation at yiaishlv.org backslash contribute.